Peter and Jesus. Put those two men before your minds this morning. In some ways, it's a fairly simple kind of a story, right? You can see in the example of Peter what not to do. And you can see in the example of Jesus what you should do, a negative example and a positive example. That's true. But it's kind of just surface level. Let's scratch it and go a little bit deeper. After all, St. Peter is not all bad, is he? In fact, if St. Peter was in this room, I think we would all pale in comparison to St. Peter. You can hear in his words, and you know that this is very Peter-like, isn't it? Peter is often the one out of all the 12 who is speaking up. And for that, we give him adjectives like impetuous Peter, talkative Peter. But isn't there something good about that? Isn't it good to be bold? And isn't St. Peter, after all, Peter means rock, and Jesus didn't call him a rock because he was always going back and forth. Jesus didn't call him a rock because he was weak and soft-spoken. Jesus called Peter rock because he was a bold man. He was willing. That's how Jesus put it, right? Jesus came back and said to him, Peter, the spirit is willing. And so St. Peter's example is not all bad. Listen again to the things that he said. He said to Jesus, I will never deny you. Isn't that a good thing to say? Or should we, should we be unlike Peter? Should we never say those words? Oh, Jesus, I might deny you this afternoon three times. We can learn from Peter to be willing to be willing to make a good confession, to be willing to say to Jesus, I want to go with you all the way no matter what. Now, Peter takes things to an extreme because he is bold. And so he makes vows and says things like, even if I must die, I will never, never deny you. But you've all made promises like that yourselves. Every time we have the right of confirmation, every time a person joins the church, they make a vow just like that, that they want to be with Jesus unto the end, that they want to be with Jesus to confess Jesus is better than even continuing on in this life. So it's not like Peter is all bad. What then? Why should we learn from Peter what not to do? Well, because St. Peter, for all of his willingness, for all of his boldness, for all of his strength, and there is something powerful in that example. You heard how the other disciples, once they heard Peter say those words, they were all eager and ready to say the same thing, right? Soldiers follow the captain. And so when the captain gives a great speech, everybody on the team says, yeah, let's go. We'll never fall away from you, Jesus. But for all of his willingness, Peter didn't recognize his own weakness. Peter didn't recognize his own weakness. The spirit in St. Peter was indeed very willing, and we can learn a lot from that. We who are so often quick to step back, to not be bold, to swallow our tongues, to be a little bit afraid, to be a little bit timid. Well, I don't want people to think I'm too eager to be a Christian, I'll be a little bit Christian, but not all the way. I wouldn't want to give the wrong idea to folks. Be bold, like St. Peter, friends. But also recognize where the power, where the power to match that willingness must come from. Peter didn't pray. That's the example that we should not follow. Peter and James and John and all the rest of the disciples fell asleep. 
And in some sense, it's hard to blame them. After all, they had just come from a Passover meal. And if you know a little bit about the Passover meal, you know that they drank a couple of glasses of wine, right? Well, it's kind of hard to stay awake when you've been drinking wine. Just think back to last Thanksgiving. It was late at night. It was a long day. And so in some ways, it's kind of hard to blame Peter for falling asleep. And yet that sleepiness of Peter and the rest of the disciples is what Jesus means by the flesh is weak. I don't like to admit that. I don't know about you. I don't like to be called a sheep, and yet that's the term that our Lord Jesus uses for his disciples. I don't like people to know that I'm weak. I want people to think that I've got it all figured out. Maybe you're like me. We like to have all of our plans, don't we? We like to have all of our goals. We like to have everything lined up. And St. Peter was like that. I'm going to go with you to the end, Jesus. No doubt about it. I'm going to be with you all the way, Jesus. No doubt about it in my mind. And yet Jesus shows him and tells him, St. Peter, if you try to do this on your own, you will fall away. It's a hard lesson to learn that for all of our wisdom, we are not the almighty and all wise. For all of our power, for all of our energy, for all of our skill, for all of our best made plans, for all of our best intentions, for all of our willingness to do the right thing, we often fall far, far short. There is in every Christian this struggle, isn't there? And it is not something that goes away with time. It's something that seems to well up even more the longer that you live. That the good things that I want to do, I don't do. I do swallow my tongue. I do shrink back from making the confession that I know I should make. I do shrink back and step back from doing and saying those things that I ought to do. The good that I would... I do not do, says St. Paul. And that which I would not do, that I keep on doing. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And apart from God, apart from the Lord, when we try to handle all of our problems by our own strength of mind, by our own strength of body, by our own strength of spirit, we end up just like the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, fast asleep unable to do anything at all. And then when we try to act, we know from St. John's Gospel, by the way, who's the one who cut off the servant's ear? It was Peter, right? It's like Peter woke up and he knew, oh, I, I said those great words. I better do something about it right now. And so he does the first thing that comes to his mind. He pulls out his sword and chops off. What a useless action. Isn't that a picture of us when we try to handle our lives apart from God? Let's hurry up and do something. And it doesn't do anything good at all. Learn from St. Peter to be willing, but learn to recognize your own weakness and take your weaknesses to the one who actually has perfect wisdom, to the one who actually has perfect power, to the Lord God Almighty. That's what Jesus did. Right? And so we can see how Jesus is this perfect example for us, but he's more than simply an example there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus didn't pray these words because he you know, said, well, I've got to show these guys how they should really pray. He prayed these words out of a depth of suffering that I don't think we can really comprehend. Now is my soul sorrowful, even to the point of death, Jesus says in Gethsemane. 
There in the Garden of Gethsemane, which means the olive press, the cross begins to weigh down on the soul of our Lord Jesus. There he begins this most intense suffering, which puts all of our suffering, puts all of our suffering into very small, small detail. For there the sins of the world begin to press down on him. There the weight of death, the weight of the human condition weighs heavy on him. And it would be enough to put all of us to sleep. Even if we pooled together our strength and our power and our energy, none of us could come close to carrying that load. But look at what our Lord Jesus does. His spirit is willing and he is able to carry the load for he goes to the Lord God Almighty in prayer. Father, if it is possible, let this cup, let this hour pass from me. And yet not what I will, but what you will. It's kind of easy to misunderstand those words as if Jesus is saying, Father, I want to get out of this, but I guess if I have to. You know, like a teenager who uh, has to come home at a certain time. Dad said that curfew is midnight, so I guess I have to come home at midnight, even though, even though I'd rather stay out. Or he's like a little kid here, right, who has to make his bed, who has to clean his room. Or we can even compare him uh, to the older crowd. He's like the employee who has certain things that he has to do, even though he doesn't want to do them. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. He's confessing to his father. He's saying to his father, admitting to his father that the weight of this load is truly a painful thing. But his will... His will is to do what his father gives him. And so here is what I mean by Jesus being more than just your example. Yes, this is an example for how we ought to pray. But it is also the great gift of what our Lord and Savior does for us. What he is willing to endure so that you may be saved from your weakness. What he is willing to endure so that you may be saved from sin, from death, and from the weakness that hangs so close to our bodies. He is willing to drink the cup that the Father gives him. He is more than willing. He is eager to do it. Look what he says to the disciples when he comes back and they're fast asleep. Look, the betrayer is at hand. Let's go. Let's go. Those are the words Jesus says as he heads to the cross. He is willing to lay down his life for you. And he has promised, he has promised that he will rise and go ahead of those 12 and ahead of you, he says, to Galilee. That's how this whole passion begins, isn't it? When I rise, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. That is a great promise for weak disciples like Peter, like James, like John, and like each and every one of us. For contained in that promise is not just, hey, I'm going to show up there and maybe I'll see you. We can have a little reunion. But there is the promise that when we see him, when he gets to Galilee, and when the disciples finally catch up to the Lord Jesus, that he will impart to them his life-giving spirit that spirit that prayed with him in the garden of Gethsemane, that same spirit is given to each and every one of you. So that in your weakness, in your sufferings, in the darkness of your lives, in those cold, long nights like the disciples suffered there in Gethsemane, you may know that you have an advocate with the Father, that your sins have been taken away from you, and that his Holy Spirit dwells in you to carry you, to lift you, to give you not just a willingness, 
but to give you also the power, the power to endure whatever it is that the Lord has given you. We need that promise, don't we? Because if we're left to ourselves, we're going to fall asleep really fast, and then we're going to wake up and be like St. Peter, scrambling, trying to do something. we got to do something, anything. He cuts off the guy's ear. But those who have the Holy Spirit, those who have been given faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, have this certainty that you are not alone, that you are not forsaken, that you are not left to the darkness of night, but that he will carry you through all things and bring you to himself and the joys of heaven. So yes, learn from St. Peter what not to do and learn from Jesus what you should do, but see even more in your Lord Jesus Christ, not just an example to follow, but the great gift, the great gift of what he is willing to do for you. To him be the glory now and always. Amen.